You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, you're back in the USA. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, you know, I did follow the U.S. news because I can't help myself. I'm sick that way. Um, but, you know, this, this uh, impending shutdown, it's so dumb. And the further away you get from it, the more you're like, why are they doing that? It appears, maybe you can answer that question, but it appears that they're doing it because one guy named Matt Gates is insisting upon it. Yep. Is that like too simplistic? Yeah. yeah. I you know, you can add a couple names to that, but when it comes down to it, it's that Matt and a few of his buddies, uh, and it's not even terribly clear why they want to do it. But they know. Everybody knows that doing this is not going to cut the deficit. Simply isn't. Let's look at what's really going on. Let's assume that they could rally all the Republicans and pass a set of budget bills that made the kind of budget cuts they want. None of those are going to pass the Senate, and they're not going to be signed by President Biden. So this is all like an exercise in total theater. It's not real lawmaking. If they really cared about reducing the deficit, something that a lot of us would say, okay, not a bad idea. They would sit down with the Democrats and they would put a lot of things on the table. One of them, frankly, would have to be getting rid of the Trump tax cuts. Part of, a big, big part of why the deficit's there. Certainly could look at other things. One would be to look at what they've already taken off the table. You know, what can be done on Social Security and the entitlement programs? We're not even going to talk about any of those things at all. Instead, we're going to do this theater. We're going to inflict a lot of pain on a lot of people. And at the end of it, we got bupkis. That's what we got, bupkis. Right? And these shutdowns are very expensive. So if they're worried about wasting money, this exercise will cost billions, if not trillions of dollars. And plus the lost productivity and the disruption to people's lives. I didn't remember, but heard today on the news that the reason um, Trump called off the shutdown that he was the author of was because of the disruption at the airports because there was such a blue flu. All these TSA guys weren't getting paid, started calling off sick and people were getting really upset. And I thought to myself, yeah, that would really have upset me yesterday. Yeah. Um, if I couldn't get back to the States when I'm flying in or I couldn't get through TSA fast enough to catch my flight you know, this is the kind of stuff that um, affects people and they get upset about. So, you know, we know somebody who is going to lose pay, but maybe a lot of people don't. And clearly these boneheads in D.C., Gates, whatever, 
they must not know anybody who thinks this is a bad idea. No, I guess that, that, yeah, that's so interesting. You mentioned that about the airports uh, during the Trump shutdown. I had forgotten that, but I do remember it. Now that you bring it up, I remember that vividly. And it, it does fit together with what I've been hearing from a number of people who are all taking the attitude of, listen, don't worry about the shutdown. This happens all the time. We've had lots of them. I know those people don't get paid right now, but they'll get paid, you know, afterwards. That, in fact, is not the truth. Government contractors typically do not get paid afterwards. They just don't work. Government employees do usually get paid the back pay if they've worked during that time. But, you know, welcome to the real world. Not everybody is sitting with lots of money to actually pay their bills during that period. It hurts. It hurts to do that. It feels uncertain. And I would think if it's me in one of those jobs, in particular, if I'm a family of a military uh, person, I would think, you're kidding me, right? You asked me to sacrifice and go and deploy overseas, and you're not going to pay me? Man, that would just eat away at me. Exactly. And so even assume that you're saying, okay, I have credit cards and I can use my credit cards while this is going on. The government isn't going to pay you back for any interest on those credit cards, nor the the juggling that goes on with trying to figure that out. I just think these people, they're so far away from how normal people live that they think, oh, so what? Who cares? It's not a big deal. But if you were expected to come to work and not get paid for an open-ended amount of time. And the other thing is, John, is that there doesn't appear to be anything they really want or care about. Like, remember the one shutdown about Obamacare that Ted Cruz did? Right. At least you knew what it was they cared about. They didn't like Obamacare. But this time, there's nothing that they care about. They're just chaos agents. They just, they're mad at, um, Kate Gates is mad at McCarthy because he doesn't like him. And okay, they got their uh, impeachment, but that's not quite enough. And it, it just, there, there doesn't seem to be any real reason except just to be disruptive for disruption's sake. And, I don't, I think we talked about this the other day. I don't understand the political strategy involved. Maybe Matt Gates' seat is so secure that he doesn't have to worry about it, or Paul Gosar's. And if that's true, shame on their voters. Shame on their voters. Because as Americans, we should care about every other American. The other thing is WIC. So you've got these women who count on that program to get formula with new babies. That's cut off. Head Start. All these other poverty programs. Important stuff for people's everyday life. It's just, um, you know, what is that, Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, who they are, believe them? We have to believe it the first time. Believe it the first time. This isn't the first time with these people. But I think that it's time for real discussion in this country about what is motivating these people and why they continue to be protected in their districts. And I know that well, 
Biden gave his democracy speech yesterday. This is part of democracy, is making it work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you kind of reference the politics of it, of it all. And, you know, none of us think the Republicans have a very good uh, political strategy right now. But this is the GOP at its worst. I mean, among other things, clearly in the narrative, everybody knows the Republican Congress people have driven this. Kevin McCarthy can try and bluster in the lobby. Well, it's actually Joe Biden who did it because of the border. God, that doesn't stick on anybody. That just doesn't doesn't go. It doesn't even make a tremendous amount of sense. And besides that problem, the narrative that it's happening because Kevin McCarthy is so weak, personally clinging on to uh, uh, the speakership, that's something American people understand. We can get that. And it looks like that may pay out more next week if there's a move to vacate him. And then put on top of it, the leader of their party, Donald J. Trump, is just being outspoken. Shut it down. Absolutely. He is owning it. Remember he did that uh, during his shutdown when people talked about, well, won't they assign responsibility to Republicans? And at that time, this is a few years ago, Trump said, fine, I'll take the blame. I'll take the oh, whole thing yeah. for it. You remember that? And I everybody was about like, that. Yeah, he was like, yeah, okay, I'll take the blame for it. I, I can do it. And people say, uh, well, as everybody we know calls him, uh, sir, sir, we know it's, <laughs> it's very noble of you, and you have a lot of integrity to take the blame. But that idea really sucked. That was bad. Yeah, and of course, and then he runs, you know, screaming and call it off as soon as, you know, people are complaining. His friends probably complaining they can't catch their planes on time. Right, absolutely. I, I just, I really, um, I don't say, it's, it's very discouraging to watch this happen. And I understand the tribalism that um, allows these folks to get elected in these districts. They don't like Democrats and they think all Democrats are socialists and evil and baby killers and all that. I get it. But at some point as a voter, don't you step back and say, hmm, that's not exactly what I wanted that dude to do. Even if you want, like you said, to um, cut the deficit, cut spending, if you're that kind of um, citizen which I think we can all have an intelligent discussion about, but just to send someone to Congress to be, as we said, a chaos agent, just doesn't feel right. And, and you know, we have today the example of um, the passing of Dianne Feinstein, who went into the Senate and operated in the Senate in a very, very different time, a different environment, and she was a different kind of human. She absolutely was. And, you know, several things uh, came to mind. I mean, I'm saddened by the loss of Dianne Feinstein uh, because she was such an extraordinary figure in this country's history. Uh, We certainly knew she was coming to this point. But things I remembered, little things that jumped at me. You know, you remember she really comes to prominence and becomes mayor of San Francisco 
because of the shooting of Harvey Milk and George Moscone. Right. Uh, she was one of the board of supervisors. I, I think a detail forgotten was when she was right there when it happened. When Moscone was shot, she rushed to his side and tried to tend to his wounds until the ER could could get there to try and try and help him. And then, you know, later she she was in California politics. She's mayor and so so forth. She was also tied. Everybody comes together on this. She watched the uh, Anita Hill hearings. And I remember she said, I watched a group, a panel of all men grill this poor woman. And much as I like Joe Biden, and Anita Hill always brings out the part that I'm saddened about because Joe Biden was the head, head of that community and did not show himself in, in tremendous dignity. And she decided then that she was going to run for Senate. I'm sorry to go on, but the one other I remember most of all, when the anti-torture bill was coming up and John McCain had sponsored that, she teamed with John McCain. And I don't know if you remember this, many conservatives accused her of being too emotional about torture, which you, I'm sure, know is code word for being right. too female. Being Too a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a girl about it. She and McCain got that thing passed. I, there's so many other Diane Feinstein moments, but this was a life well lived. Right. Lived. You know, and unfortunately, I think what people remember, at least in the short run, is that she stayed a little too long, kind of pulled a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and, you know, maybe she shouldn't have run again, but she did. And, um, I think ultimately that will be forgotten when the whole of her career is remembered. And there have been some amazing tributes to her today. Um, one like um, Mitch McConnell, and I guess Mitch McConnell and she were very close friends and used to socialize with their spouses. Um, so that's a different Senate. The Senate is different than the House of Representatives anyway, but a different time and place. And um, and actually, Biden yesterday gave a speech, um, a pro-democracy speech at a, a library dedicated to John McCain and talked about his friendship with McCain and his friendship with other Republicans. It seems so quaint, doesn't it? Such a different time. Um, so, you know, but maybe we can get back to that at some point, because the way you get things done is by knowing you're respecting people, not hating people. Yeah. Absolutely. And the funniest story I heard, I don't don't know if you heard this. I'd never heard this tradition. Apparently in the Senate, when spring or summer came, there were some senators who would have what they called seersucker Thursday. And they would wear seersucker suits. And one of them was Mitch McConnell, who would wear a seersucker suit. And you can believe that. But Diane Feinstein started doing it, and she then bought seersucker suits for some of her female colleagues to wear along the way. There just isn't very much funny anymore <laughs> right, in the Senate right, at all. Exactly. And I, I don't know why that story touched me. The other thing that kind of touched me, and it's not really related, I, I was watching Andrea Mitchell reporting on, uh, on her. She didn't break down. She didn't cry. But it just struck me how much Andrea 
also a trailblazer and somebody who would have covered Diane Feinstein closely over the years, how much warmth she had in her voice talking about mm-hmm. it. I thought that was really important. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a, a great woman. Absolutely. Nobody, I'll tell you, is ever going to uh, say that about Matt Gates. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> at, at all. Nice job, Matt. How about a life well led, huh? Oh, that is funny. So have a great weekend. Bye. Yeah, bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.